Hey everyone, welcome to the Soul Edge Plus podcast. It is great to have you with us. This week, you're going to hear from Kiri and I as we talk about the last 10 years of ministry, and we're going to share some some of the lessons that we've learned along the way. Uh, I think you're going to find this insightful, and I hope that you'll be able to take away some great tools to apply to your life and the things that you're walking through right now. So sit back and enjoy the podcast. Well, we're here. It's another week uh, outside. We have been doing something that Kiri is very excited about. Very excited about, but we'll talk about that later. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I gotta let everyone know, because they're going to be waiting for the rest of the podcast to find out what it is. Okay, fine. You can be be nice. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So been doing a uh, project a fencing project, which was a side of a yard that was kind of overrun with caragannas, these massive bushes anyway. And Josh is half-finished project. <laughs> it was more like a dumping ground for, I called them useful pieces of wood. Mm-hmm. But it kind of turned into a pile of... Oh man, I've been wanting for that to be sorted out forever. So anyways, one of our amazing students who stayed with us during the COVID thing, James, he had a vision for the area. And thankfully, because of his vision, it has inspired him and Josh to go at this. And like, he spent actually ages out there, like helping organize stuff. I'm so, so thankful. And yeah, now him and Josh are making a fence and it is really, really good. Um, yeah. So after that. this podcast, I'm actually going to go back out Fencing. and do some more fencing. Maybe we'll post pictures. I don't know. That'd Which Kira's very excited exciting. about. Solid Plus Facebook page. So what we want to do today is we want to talk about some of the things that we have done well and some of the things that we've not done so well in our lives. Totally. We've been doing ministry together for over, over 10, 10 years. years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we g- met doing ministry, technically. Yeah, we did. Survivors, so met doing ministry. We've done ministry for a long time. We're coming up on our 10th uh, wedding anniversary, which is so exciting. Yeah, June. Hopefully we can go somewhere. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. It might be a stay at home. Uh, yeah. But we realize that a lot of you guys are going to be hitting some of the the seasons of life with doing ministry with kids, uh, starting new things, early uh, marriage, early like, marriage, kind of you know, yeah. having you know potentially mm-hmm. owning property or managing that, and how do you manage all the things while having kids? And we yes, thought, so... why don't we share from our lives some of the mistakes we've made, so that you don't make them, so you <laughs> yeah. don't have to make them, exactly. Um, and some of the things that we feel like we've done really well. It's always yeah, things we're doing. Thankful, yeah, areas that we we are thankful that we stepped into or have gone through, um, so that yeah, again, you might um, hope to be encouraged in that in your ministry and lives. Great. Well, let's dive in. Mm-hmm. I want to start off with something that I feel like we, we've done really well. And, of course, all these things you can always get better at, but I feel like we did really well in uh, this area, which is um, adventure and taking our yeah. kids uh, onto adventure and sort of the fitness side of that as well. So right from the beginning, uh, even when Kiri was pregnant, we're like, you know, we're not going to stop doing fitness and adventure. We want to really bring our kids into that. So we made a decision that whatever we're doing, uh, we would just kind of try to bring our kids into that as much as we could. Yeah, obviously there's certain seasons where you're like, okay, it's cold and gross, we live in Canada, the kids can't be included in this situation. They're going to get some sort of exposure. So, um, But like, um, we've had the opportunity to, 
to like bring the kids with some of our like leaders debriefs and BAMF, that kind of thing. And the kids at a young age have been able to try climbing and all that kind of stuff. Actually, as a kid, I so wanted to go camping. Um, that's probably like, obviously like then erupted into my later life and just being like, I really enjoy this kind of thing. I really enjoy camping, but I didn't get a chance to do that really that much as a kid. I think the furthest I got was camping in the backyard, which wasn't <laughs> that extreme with a little Beagle, uh, Beagle dog. Um, but obviously during that season as well, I did like I I itched my adventure kind of itch through just kind of running in the Cotswolds, yeah. which I really really loved. So, anyways, like things in the past I didn't get to do, and things I did get to do are now in the present. Yeah, I guess. Um, yeah. Yeah, and a few things that I think helped empower that was we kind of made a, a, a simple decision, but I really encourage it is to have some of the equipment yeah, to, totally. to enable you to do that so yeah we, i think uh just as a heads up i think seb already has claimed <laughs> dibs at least two or three times on our uh, <laughs> cougar stroller thing so uh yeah seb's gotta get cracking so yeah. i have yeah, to get it out of my garage so in north america yeah. we have these two kind of kids one's called chariot anyway it has these mm. attachments so we could actually pull it even has cross-country ski attachments that was cool yeah so we could yeah. pull our kids while we we're cross-country skiing which is great so then it, what that meant, and this is the important piece, is that Kiri and I could do an activity together. Because especially in the when you're in the thick of the diaper and baby zone, it can be really tough to like have an activity where it's like, oh, we can go do this together. Because it would kind of be like, you go for a run, I'll watch the kids. I go for a run or a ski. Totally. It's like kind of tag teaming. Or like the, the alternative also is like just because like I had to carry the little puffins for like nine, ten months uh, doesn't necessarily mean that I want to be the one that's always at home. Right. And so um, obviously there's been seasons where we did this not very well, but seasons that we did well. But in order to facilitate bringing our kids on adventures with us and to make that easier, a little bit of investment there, totally worth it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think another area would be that's connected with this is fitness, that we yeah. made it a priority to kind of be active, to stay fit. We both love running. And so I remember with um, Caleb, oh no, it was Lydia. Sorry, mm -hmm. Lydia, uh, Kiri ran up to like eight months pregnant. Now everybody's body is different. But yeah, like with Caleb, I couldn't run past like three months, which is ridiculous in terms of like theoretically my body probably should have been able to do that. But just like how all the hormones and stuff affected me. It caused a lot of like pelvic pains. So I had to switch to cycling and then Canada got all icy and gross. And so then I kind of stopped a little bit, um, probably about the kind of eight month mark. Um, like it was December, <laughs> he was born. Um, probably would have been actually better to keep doing something kind of during that time. Um, but yeah, I had to switch with him to the cycling. Um, whereas for Lydia, I actually ran like until the day before we had her induced um, at 41 weeks. And so very different pregnancies, but really thankful that I could kind of do that. Now for Zoe, she was born in April, but that meant that she was um, in my stomach doing her thing um, over kind of Christmas and all that kind of winter season. And so in Canada, it's not a great idea to go running um, when you're heavily pregnant. So I actually had um, seen a glider kind of elliptical kind of situation um, that my friend had posted online on Facebook. Long story short, she tried to sell it. Somebody like was like, I'm having it for like 250 bucks and they never picked it up. And then she was just want to get out of her house 50 bucks. I was right there with 50 bucks. <laughs> and it's actually served us so well. And many of our solo students too, those who've had knee injuries or whatever, didn't want the impact. Um, yeah, it served a lot of people. Definitely a good investment there. Yeah. 
Um, so I think we could probably do a whole podcast on our fitness, but mm. just that being deliberate and taking time to do, to get out for a run, to be active has really served both of us. I think in the, in the midst of like kids and doing ministry, there can be kind of stress in life. And so yeah. getting out and going for a run is a great way to sort of decompress that because we can carry stress in our body. So it's a way to like, I totally to do. release yeah. stress, but also a great way for it to then sometimes work through process and hand some of that stress or yeah. held on false responsibility or anxiety, hand that over to Jesus. That's That's been huge for me. Just even like sometimes a half hour or an hour run gives me time when otherwise it'd be like, if I was in the house, it'd be like, okay, I've got to do the washing up or I can tidy this. There's always more things to tidy or to organize or kids to do stuff with or teach or do reading with or whatever. Um, just so many things. And so just getting out of the house away from those things actually gives me that undivided attention. Um, sometimes it's just like once a week, that like hour. Yeah. Um, it's just been so helpful to reset. Yeah. So I would say as much as you can in the busiest season of your life, which some of you will hit, Please do not like sacrifice your fitness. That's not actually a good choice to like cut that. Sometimes we're like, oh, I'll just cut that, you know, 15 minutes a day or half an hour a day of fitness. That's actually probably the worst thing you could do because that can, in the most intense season, that actually fitness will energize you, give you more energy for your day, will help deal with stress, all these. So there's loads of positives. And so as a married, if you're married or, um, or have you have kids or whatever, you have to get to be a bit creative with your spouse. Yeah, you to, have to get creative. <laughs> to make sure that you each, so it's not just one, but you each get some sort of fitness in, in the day. And yeah, so it's time. not saying that you necessarily have to be, you know, training for the next um, CrossFit thing in Dubai or whatever, right? Um, there's just certain seasons where you don't have time to be you know, the fastest, the best, invest the most time, but it's just that little bit of consistent time, right? And it's the same with kind of prayer. And like, I've been so inspired by the way that Josh, like throughout our whole dating and marriage kind of life, like he's always made that space for prayer in the morning. And that inspires me and keeps me kind of there. And he does it better than I do. And I do it differently than he does. Um, but knowing that he's praying for us and our household and, you know, going after Jesus, like sets the tone for our family. And so I'm so thankful that he's done that and being consistent with it. Yeah, thanks. So let's talk about something we did do so well. Uh, it's something that we've talked about lots and we are actively recovering and working on. Totally trying. It, it's sort of like we are, you know, uh, it's sort of like feel like we're an uh, alcohol anonymous all the time. Like, <laughs> uh, I've, I've uh, not done this well, working on it kind of thing. So it is what we call Sabbath rest. And we teach it. It's super important. It's a wonder. We know it's good. We know yeah. it's good. It's a number one reason leaders uh, often burn burn up and burn out. Um, and yet it's so easy to not have a day of Sabbath rest. And for loads of reasons, I you know, it can feel really justifiable. Um, and that's the problem. We, we kind of basically didn't ever... For a, for a number of years, do proper Sabbath, and then it kind of like was a bit sporadic. And totally, have... I think that we didn't early enough set a pattern. We had a value for it, but didn't like set a pattern of it well, so that it was just something we did. Because especially with Josh, you know, um, doing Soul Edge, leading in the church, um, you know, all all like the the things that we balance. Um, it essentially meant like, you know, 
until this year, also like trying to supplement our income for all the volunteering stuff by working for Rocksides, like doing construction. It essentially meant that we were like squishing those three things and then being like, okay, like now let's collapse, <laughs> right? Instead of being like, this is a Sabbath time. Like, um, and yeah, it felt unjustifiable because there's so many demands and it's just really hard to, to plan. But I think the takeaway for new couples or even for people who aren't married yet is to be really single-minded in that focus. Like, I need Sabbath, I know it's important. And to raise that value and to see that pattern happen, even when you don't feel like you need it. Because you can be like, oh, I don't need it. So I can fit fit in this extra time of yeah. like doing something. But then um, later on, you realize the toll that that's taken yeah. kind of on you, so. And if you can establish it as a pattern as a young person, like you were saying, that it'll be so much easier to guard yeah. later on. Uh, because we did ministry from a young age and, um, and early on in their marriage, an example would be like Sunday. Uh, obviously, we weren't lead pastors straight away, but we were really involved. And that, that's going to be true for lots of you that uh, Sunday will not necessarily be your Sabbath day. Oh, if you're yeah. showing up at eight in the morning, serving, ministering to people for four hours, that's not really Sabbath. You're there serving and that's beautiful and significant. And obviously, we believe that's really important. Uh, but to consider like a Saturday as a Sabbath day, or, or do you like... Or a Monday or, or Monday. whatever. Just, yeah. yeah. And ideally, a whole day is great. We did a time where we do like two half days, which yeah. kind of worked, but it's sometimes what ends up happening is you kind of roll in like your chores and stuff into one of the uh, half days that you have, and then you end up with only like a partial day for us for doing sort of rest. And it's not enough time to actually, like with kids, do an activity or something. So then it with a short, say you only have four hours that you've designated mm-hmm. for rest it might not be enough time to kind of properly enter into that rest so a day i think is better where you can be like this whole day is designated for rest totally. it is better well because it turns out that if you're serving people all the time but you never kind of have the chance to like chill yourself then you're just gonna get frustrated at people it turns out <laughs> like um and you don't want that if you're like trying to you're saying my life is about like serving others and giving love to others because then if you're not feeling love that like it's not a, it's not compatible really, right? So um, in a ways, you have to not sacrifice Sabbath in order to serve people, right? Um, otherwise, people who haven't asked you to sacrifice that Sabbath um, will be the next thing on the chopping block because you're gonna be tired and burnt out and you're gonna blame people. Um, and so yeah, kind of for, for me, it's been learning, yeah, how do I be nice to myself? Mm-hmm. Uh, we t- like Naomi and talked about that. Like, re- how do I nice to my body? Um, but also, yeah, in those patterns of daily life and daily rhythms and family life. Like, I learning how to do that well has been a been a bit of a learning curve as well. Because my pre-married life was also like quite nerd-like, yeah. and so like at university, I used to go like really hard and really strong, and used to think that was a virtue. And while it was maybe in a certain area. Like, that's not really living. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Great thoughts, son. Uh, another area where I think we we did this well was we took a sabbatical for a couple months. Yeah, I was so glad we did that. It was actually a great time. And there were so many things that were really great about it, but the it was at a moment where we were doing some big discernment about direction for our uh, where Jesus kind of wanted us. And I think having uh, space... 
to to pray and to discern. We obviously talked about sort of um, navigation and that discernment cycle and having space where it's not a really intense season of ministry is an ideal for doing discernment because during that time I had time where I could go and pray for a couple hours or go for long runs and that was really it really served us it was re it was just so reinvigorating to to have a space where we weren't working full-time we were just we were investing into a, a church plant so we were involved in community yeah I think that was really special in that we went somewhere different that we didn't have like these things where um, you know you have to be here at this time, right? Um, but we did go somewhere where there was community and things to be purposeful in. Yeah. Right. So Josh came along and the pastor who was doing the church plant and had like beautiful like mutually edifying time. Um, I have these like pictures of like baby Caleb with like little coffee steamers with his dad, but also like Josh walking with that guy. Um, just a really beautiful uh, family friend now and um, looking really fondly kind of at the time. It was I think without purpose it would have been random. Yeah. But with purpose and with kind of the body of Christ there. Um, it was just so, so good. And essentially it meant that we came back to Herbert after having like various different options. People were like, do you want this? Do you want to do this? Whatever. We were able to come back to Herbert and be like, yeah, Herbert is a place where men are be for this season. Yeah. Um, and that was really cool because even though it was where we'd already been, <laughs> right. Um, just to refocus. Mm-hmm. and come back refreshed um, was really valuable. And I don't think we probably could have stay- stayed as long as we currently have without that refocusing. Refocusing is really important. Yeah. So wherever you're at, I'd say, especially if you look back and you're like, wow, the last five uh, years or more have been really intense, uh, really been running at a fast pace, you should really consider, is there a way to really slow down and enter into a, a type of, uh, like, God established it as a as a sort of a, a season of rest. So every year, seven years, they're supposed to rest the land. So it's kind of this biblical principle of it, it as an ideal to basically create space to have a longer period of time of rest. And it's not necessarily has to be a whole year or has to be strictly on the seven year time frame. It's more this principle of having space to rest um, beyond just the one day yeah and i think that's valuable as well right because that's even like pre-lapsarian like pre-fall kind of structure for how the world was made it was established with rest right on the seventh day like even before sin entered in before um and therefore that raises the stakes of how integral that is for us as people yeah. um and so taking that seriously has been one of the things we've learned it's been huge Something that we didn't do well, and I'd love everyone to learn from this, is during the kid years, this is uh, can happen easily. Is, so easy. Is that, um, especially because we were uh, involved in church ministry, there was quickly, there was, our kids were in the Sunday school and toddlers program, and so Kiri was serving in Sunday school ministry and stuff, and we, because of just our season of life and the sort of needs that were around us, we kind of had her serving just in kid stuff. And Carrie loves kid stuff, but it wasn't necessarily... But it's not fully me. It's never been like my whole kind of vision or my... Like I hadn't held really a baby until I had my own. Um, And I had some like mentors um, who I'd seen take care of their kids like at a distance, but I never like specifically connected with them over the whole baby thing. It was more like the Jesus thing. (laughs) Um, And so, I don't know, like... 
yeah, as much as I love kids and I'm so thankful for us and I'm embracing, choosing to embrace this season with the homeschool and everything, right? Um, there's um, still the reality that I have other passions and things in ministry that actually get my heart beating a little faster. Mm. Um, not that I don't value kids ministry and obviously I would 100% if we did it again, invest into kids ministry, but not necessarily to the exclusion of um, other areas in which kind of, yeah, I was able to connect with people and like feel the heartbeat of God. Yeah. Um, and so like specifically um, for us, that meant um, just how that worked regarding um, like worship ministry and prayer ministry, that kind of stuff. Because like for me, like this, it's so encouraging when you pray for somebody and you see something happen. You're like, ah, oh, like God, that's, that's where you were and you were doing that and it's so cool. But if I'm like cleaning up Sunday school like every weekend for like, <laughs> like eight, nine weeks, I don't get to pray for people and I don't get to see that happen. And so you kind of forget like the vividness and the reality with which God wants to break in. And it's not that you don't know, but it's like you need that taste like every so often. And so in a way, it's like part of looking back is I didn't communicate being overwhelmed with the amount of kids ministry that I was doing in a way because we're part of a small church and small community. So it's like, well, I don't want other people to have to feel like they have to do it. So then I'll do it, <laughs> right? Um, but yeah, that, that essentially meant um, just a bit of burnout yeah. and um, in a way it's probably more easily burnt out because I wasn't doing those things yeah. that I enjoyed. And in a way it's like um, worship ministry as well. Like Josh and I had always um, done worship ministry together um, in terms of since we've known each other um, and really enjoyed doing that so to then like see Josh always singing with other people it's like oh that's hard for my heart like yeah. um, just because I was holding it maybe yeah um, so, yeah and so, I, yeah we've seen that done well though right yeah. at, at some places um, mm -hmm. like uh, experience church where some of our family are we've seen how they deliberately try to serve their leaders in their being like care for the pastor's kids but also the key leadership team's kids um and obviously that's a big church situation yeah. um but they specifically cared for them even separate than some of the kids programs in order to facilitate um the, their leadership team not feeling always kind of pulled from one thing to like another thing and so um i guess even if you're not in the season where you have kids how can you serve people who are in ministry who are in your church right now with that season yeah. um so that they don't necessarily get sucked into something that they may not have a grace in that season for or um or that they don't don't completely have to change their passions or ministries overnight yeah. and i think that it's a great principle just to think about like that there will always be kind of the um lots of need in ministry and there's always going to be some tasks that are just going to be the the harder tasks you know the vacuuming the putting away chairs and kiri and i obviously love doing that doing that stuff but it's making sure that you're also investing into life-giving things that you know uh, you can just get caught up in ice as a, a literacy. Like I see all the things that need to be done, but forget yeah. to slow down and have Maybe. that life-giving conversation. Absolutely. So just don't miss that step of like church is meant to be life-giving. Ministry is meant to be life-giving, not just work. Um, and that can be, it can be easily done, especially when you have kids and lots of other things happening where you stop losing or you start to lose the joy and the beauty of ministry. Really good. Well, we are coming into land with this. Just wanted to finish with a couple last thoughts. 
uh, one of the things that uh, I think reflecting back is that we feel like we've done really well is using the material resources that we've had to build the kingdom. Yeah, it's been like such an honor to like even, you know, our property in Herbert, 220 Shore Street, that it's had so many incredible leaders um, stay and live in it. Like, um, not many buildings could probably <laughs> say the same thing. Some sh- sure can, um, but not many. And so I'm very, very thankful just for the way that God even kind of blessed Josh and Joel kind of with this house originally. Um, and then as Josh and I got married and kind of bought that out and we we're still able to use that for the kingdom. Um, some of you guys might know some of my story there, but um, I was very determined that even if I was living in Herbert, <laughs> which um, can seem like quite an easy kind of place to live in a ways, right? It's, it's chilled, it's laid back in some respects, um, that I wasn't going to live a white picket fence life. And um, one of our family friends, um, Hugh Laybourne, just an incredible prophet um, from down in the States, um, we got him to pray for me one time. He was up here with the 2010 Solage guys. And um, one of the first words that came out of his mouth, um, we just directly from Jesus, directly from heaven, is that you're not going to live a white picket fence life. Um, and for me, that was so encouraging. And he said a couple of other things as well, but that's just kind of like stuck with me in that, okay, we've got like, um, you know, this house situation in a fairly laid back rural area, but at the same time, it doesn't mean that it has to be nothing. And it also doesn't mean we have to exchange that out of fear of not being significant or radical mm-hmm. enough um, until the Lord is calling us to do something different, right? Yep. Um, and so, yeah, the way that God has used kind of the property um, for building his kingdom to nourish um, the UK, but also other countries in the world um, is is a joy. Yeah. So the really the simple encouragement for you in this is to err on being generous always with the material things that you have, whether it's your car, whether it's a home, just to always be generous with it. Mm, even and, if you're not rich, you've got something to share. Yeah. Whether it's like, you know, a barbecue with somebody <laughs> or lending out your car to somebody who just needs it. Yeah. Or, yeah, um, or maybe a room in your house. To see that the material things we give have value in the sense of how they equip us to serve and, and advance the kingdom. And that's really a, a posture that we want to have. And if we, Jesus said, if you seek first my kingdom and my righteousness, all these other things I will give to you. And that's really a promise that he'll take care of us as we focus to serve and advance his kingdom. And that has been so true in our lives. Absolutely. And I'm like really thankful that even though it's inconvenient, that the kids have been able to grow up with that pattern. Um, right now, they probably think it's normal. When they're older, they'll be like, hang on, that really wasn't a normal thing. But what I really hope that it at least establishes within them is that same kind of idea and concept that we are stewards of the things that God has like graced kind of into our lives. And therefore, maybe we can use those things unconventionally. Um, and so do I want my kids to lead an unconventional life? In some aspects, yeah. If, if it's for the kingdom, absolutely. Um, yeah. Amazing. So the last little thing I want to leave you with is to have consistent date nights um, if you're married. And if you're not married, then maybe you could do a date night with Jesus. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, but, exactly. It's totally a thing. Yeah. Uh, Kiri and I have always had a really brilliant marriage. We've done well at maintaining connection throughout the day. But one of the things in reflecting back over the years is that there's been sort of an inconsistency in our date nights. That we, part of it is the intensity of solid. Sometimes it's hard to do, but just it's just kind of more been a theme 
that we haven't always done date nights well. Totally. And so we've had seasons where we've done them really well. Like, um, in a ways, we kind of get to... But we've had, like, that crest and fall, right? Where we've kind of realized, like, oh, we need to do this. So then we do, like, so well for, like, four or five weeks. And then we kind of don't need one necessarily because we've been doing really well. And then just kind of get sucked back into the normal rhythm of life kind of again. So as along with establishing Sabbath, establishing at least some sort of date night thing. And I guess for Josh, it's been, I think, helpful for me to communicate that I, I don't need like a fancy thing for it to be a date night. I actually would prefer going for like a long run and spending money on the gas to get somewhere like fun for a run than I would for a meal. Um, and like, some people love meals and that's great. That's awesome. Um, but for me, sometimes it's like, you know, it's really expensive and I might not like food any more than what we know we'd like at home. So why spend X amount of dollars on that when um, we could, you know, be going having a venture together, get a workout together, which again, we've said is like a little, little harder with kids. Um, and yeah, doing it kind of that way. And it's, again, it's unconventional, but it works for us. Um, and so kind of making some of those realizations actually um, has helped us tune into, okay, what works for us. Yeah. And I think being okay with, like, their season, especially for some people, when they have kids that you can't, it can be hard to get a babysitter. And during those times where we're like, wow, getting away for a date night is hard to find ways of having time together that's still quality time can be done, but making sure that, that you do that, when you get the bed, kids to bed early, you know, do a special movie together, things like that. Or, you know, commit, if you missed, you know, three weeks or a month, then really commit to trying to find a way to get back into the rhythm. Um, but as much as you can, I think we're at the place now where it, you, we've tried to value it as, you know, put it as a high value. And then as you start to get a rhythm and you guard that, you block it out, it's like, it's blocked out you know, happening as much as we can always on this day and you set it up as a regular rhythm, try to set up regular childcare. And so it's a lot easier versus it kind of being a loose idea, loose yeah. day. Yeah. Absolutely. And um, one of the things that adds to kind of this whole area of blocking out time for, um, we've kind of realized this recently, um, but because we've had such intense seasons with balancing these different demands kind of of our time, and then obviously added the kids into the mix, um, realizing that in order to live a radical kind of different looking life, you know, where we volunteer a lot of our time and that kind of stuff, a low debt has helped with that, yeah. um, which means that we don't have to have as much income, which means that we could actually like volunteer <laughs> like our time to essentially do solid. Um, that's massively helped. So that's definitely a heads up for that one. Yeah. Um, but also just like having time where we're able to just do normal person things so that we're able the rest of our lives to do different people things, <laughs> if that makes sense. Normal people things, what I put in this box, I've realized it's just stuff like being able to clean the house together. Like having time to finish that project, get rid of the garbage that is in the back or whatever, because it just kind of weighs on you, or at least it does for me. Um, and realizing that that's kind of our joint thing. Um, it's not just a pretty fine, curious, better thing, but just kind of realizing together that it's hard to, yeah, to keep giving if we haven't done some of these maintaining kind of more blasé just like more beige kind of life things but it actually really helps um with sustaining uh, ministry 
and um, just kind of lifestyles. So I think it's something that I've kind of valued more. Like the time where we get to clean the house together, it feels so good and it feels way more manageable. And it feels like we're finally getting on top of something. Um, can finally breathe in order to do some of the other stuff that we've got planned for the week. Because um, yeah, Josh's schedule is a little interesting. Um, but I'm thankful for all the ways that he's able to invest um, into you guys, um, some of you listening to the podcast there, um, but also just, yeah, in, into the world, because I 100% know that he's got an, an apostolic calling that, um, you know, he's been able to bless Herbert with, but is also beyond Herbert, and is a little unconventional, but isn't the whole of Christianity pretty unconventional, um, and, yeah, confusing to other people. <laughs> um, and so um, I guess even just publicly, I just wanted to, um, yeah, I guess thank Josh for the way that he's um, been investing into um, just what, what amazing leaders um, God's kind of placed into um, our lives. And um, we don't take you guys for granted. Um, yeah, we're really thankful for you guys. And every kind of win, every way that God, um, you know, gives you guys opportunities to do stuff um, that so encourages our hearts. It's like, yeah, Jesus, we knew you were going to use that person. And that is so cool. Um, and so thank you guys for living your callings, um, both conventionally and unconventionally. Yeah. Um, and if, um, if you can take away anything from this podcast today, um, do do some of the things we've done and don't do the other things. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for listening. I hope some of our tips and our life reflection has served you and will serve you. Uh, we love you guys and uh, we will see you on social media and we're praying for you. Thank you everyone for listening. Be sure to share this. Uh, if you can, go rate it on podcasts. If you rate and review, it gets it out there. It jumps up the rating. That's great. Please share this with people who you feel like this the podcast would serve them well. Love you all and we will see you next week. Bye guys.